0: Good morning, everybody. Again, welcome to Valley Community Church, and thanks for joining us here in our segment, which is normally a live video feed. Of course, you enjoyed our worship here this morning, and uh, so this is pre-recorded for you to be able to enjoy our series called At the Movies. Now, we weren't able to show you the clips because we're just not able to do that because of copyright and all that, but today's movie that we are reviewing, and of course, we want to, as again, our heart is to take, these movies and try to extract something really uh, life-changing, maybe a, a theme or something, a verse of Scripture that comes to mind as a result of, of of watching these movies. And so I have tried to pick some of my favorites. And, of course, I've had people come to me and say, how oh, have you thought about this one? Have you thought about that one? Of course, we know there's hundreds and hundreds of movies that we could be using. We've only got six weeks. And so we're kind of picking some of the ones that kind of just really speak, you know, very wholesome and fun uh, uh, You know themes, and so today I have chosen the movie, The Black Stallion. The Black Stallion, what a great movie! I hope you've had a chance to see it before, and if you haven't, I'm telling you you need to grab your family and over this weekend you need to take the time to go ahead and watch that movie because what an excellent one! I tell you, I like to tell people it's eye candy because of such of the beautiful vistas and the the uh, the landscapes and the uh, the up close on the on the horse and uh and all that takes place in this story so now i'm going to do a just real take a moment to just quickly tell you the story so that you can get a chance to kind of understand what it is that i want to share with you today so we're going through is we're going to be showing some, uh, again, some clips. But what I'm going to do is just walk you through the story. So this is a story about a young boy and his father who during, this is after World War II, probably around 1946, 1947. And this is the time when, uh, of course, business is beginning to, to pick up again. And, and uh, so the, the story is about a young boy named Alec Ramsey. And Alec uh, Ramsey is a person who is... Um, He's traveling with his father, who's he's doing business. You're not hundred percent sure what his business is, but he's traveling with him in the Mediterranean on this beautiful ship on a windswept night with rain coming down, and of course it's got that tropical, you know, Mediterranean feel. And it begins with a boy running up, up and down on the, the deck of this this big ocean liner. And what the boy notices, and he sees this this beautiful black stallion being transferred and put into this holding cell on the ship. And this horse is absolutely wild, completely crazy and out of control, unbroken in every way. And Alex is is watching that from a distance. And so he's, he's looking on and he's having the uh, Uh, The opportunity to 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 kind of sneak and to look, and so he sneaks over there and he wants to look at the horse. And he peeks in, and the horse is just being wild in there. But he goes and he grabs some sugar cubes and he puts them up on the 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 porthole, looking into where the horse is. And the horse eats the sugar cubes and. but then all of a sudden, his ear is grabbed by this, uh, this Arab who is the owner of this horse and is transporting him and yells at Alex and tells him to get away. And so Alex runs back to his dad and he says, Dad, you're not gonna believe what I've seen. And his dad says, I don't have time for that son right now. He's playing in a card game. Well, that night they go back to their cabin and uh, he is talking with his dad and he kind of shares his experience of having seen this horse. Well, in the process, of that of that playing cards that night the father wins this uh alex's dad wins this little figurine of a horse that is uh i think his name is Bucephalus, the uh the the uh the horse of alexander the great and so he takes that uh little figurine and gives it to alex and alex says you know it keeps it as a as a souvenir kind of his his prize for his dad's take for that night well, they both go to bed that night, but unfortunately, there's a shipwreck. And uh, something happens to the ship. There's a fire on board, a, bl- a boiler blows up, and the ship is going to sink. And so Alex is afraid, and he's running, and he finds his dad. And they're trying to get off the ship, And but his dad and everybody's panicking, trying to get on life lifeboats and whatnot. But it's happening so fast. So Alex is having to... Uh, uh, he has a life jacket on or he's trying to get a life jacket on and he takes it off at the very last minute because he's trying to find his dad. And unfortunately I think it's stolen from him. And now Alex is now in the water and he's, he's, by himself, no life jacket, certain death out there in the open seas. But he sees that horse, the black stallion swimming, who is now free, swimming with all these different straps and reins coming off of his body. Alex is able to reach out and grab that. And so he is pulled to safety and onto this remote island in the middle of nowhere in the Mediterranean. And so the story is, really gets intense here, where Alex is now alone. He can't be more than maybe 10 or 11 years old. And is by himself on this island. And he, of course, is lonely. He's afraid. But in the course of time, as he's crying, he figures out that he can get some food by eating seaweed that he finds down, down there and, and other little uh, foods that he's able to eat. And so he survives. But he sees glimpses. Because guess who survived the wreck as well is the black stallion. And there he is on the island running back and forth wild. Well, he gets trapped with his straps in the rocks and Alex hears him. And Alex kept this pocket knife that his dad had given him and had surprisingly, amazingly, miraculously kept it with him. And so he sees the horse all wrapped up and Alex sneaks up and is able to cut the, uh, the, the, the rain's loose so the black stallion can get away. So another act of kindness on Alex's part. And so Alex is still interested in trying to make contact with the black stallion who just keeps running wild but what you see in this part of the movie is just the utter sense of terror that he's experienced the other utter sense of hopelessness that Alex is experiencing and so it is amazing and I'll just insert that right here that is amazing where help can sometimes come from and so Alex is reaching for this horse to try to connect with him but the horse is wild won't have anything to do with Alex well where they get connected in an interesting way is Alex is laying on the beach sleeping and a cobra comes, walk, uh, uh, comes up to Alex and he's hissing at Alex and, and uh, at Alex is, is beginning to cry because he realizes that he could, this could be it. He could die. But out of nowhere, here comes the black stallion and stomps on and kills the snake right there in front of him and then gallops away. So Alex, of course, is in his mind thinking, wow, you know, the black stallion does care about me because he killed the snake on on his behalf. So Alex then realizes that the horse has got to be getting uh, hungry too because he hasn't been able to eat anything. This is remote. There's nothing green. The only thing he's been eating is seaweed. And he's thinking, well, certainly the horse could eat that too. So he gathers some seaweed and he gets the black stallion to come to him and feeds him. And little bit by little bit, Alex is able to make friends and actually tames and connects with the black stallion he gets him to go out in the water and he's able to get in to where his back is just above water and, and Alex is able to get on top of his back and ride him up and down the beach. What an amazing story. So that, that black stallion brings hope to Alex and now he's got a friend and he can survive. And They both can survive as a result of their friendship. Well, some Italian fishermen come along the Mediterranean, and they're coming in to probably stop and, and take a break. And they see Alex, who yells and says, "Hey, you know, come, I'm here," and so they grab him. And uh, but he wouldn't leave. Alex wouldn't leave without his horse, the black stallion. He calls him the Black, and. And so they grab him, though, and say, "No, no, we can't take the horse, and he start taking him away, but the black stallion will not be left behind, and so he swims out to where they are in the little, the little skiff. And so they decide to bring the black stallion on board the fishing vessel. And the next thing you see is Alex is back in the United States, and he's been rescued, but he's able to keep the horse, and he's keeping him in his backyard. So his mama, of course, is very, very uh, played by Terry Garr in this role is very very excited to see that her son is alive but she says to to the black stallion i wish you could have saved his father as well and but so she's very grateful for the black stallion and, and of course alex he's a lifelong friend well in the course of time before the actually the next day the black stallion gets away he breaks out the back and he's Runs away and breaks Alex's heart because he can't find him. But that night he gets word that someone knew where a horse that that was wild had ended up on a farm and outside outskirts of New Jersey where they were, and so Alex was able to make his way out to that farm and discover that the black stallion had been captured by Mickey Rooney, the 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 the, the man who plays this uh, this this role, <clears throat> has captured the black stallion and is keeping him in uh, a pen and of course Alex is like hey you stole my horse and he goes no I didn't steal him and and he says I don't think he's your horse you can't be your horse but as he sees the black stallion responding to Alex he realizes yes he is his horse and so they befriend one another And and he says you know you know what you can keep your horse here out on my farm you know as long as you come out here and care for him in the course of time of their friendship what Alex is beginning to, to know and find out about Mickey Rooney is that he used to race and train, train and race horses. And so uh, Alex is very intrigued by that. And he asks him one day, you know, is, is, is the blacks really fast? And he goes, oh, yeah, he's very fast. And she so begins to convince him to see, let's take him out on the race course to see just how fast he is. And so they took him out and they let him run and they timed him and realized he had an amazing speed. And that is the kind of speed that might be able to actually get out on the race course. But he has no papers. He has no history. But Mickey Rooney is actually crazy enough with Alex's insistence to see if they could race him. So there's the training. They do this in secret. They don't let his mom know. He's training. Mickey Rooney teaches Alex how to ride. And and so he's preparing. Now, the only way he's going to get a race is to do what was called a match race, and that is to run against other independent racers. Matter of fact, one, oh gosh, I forgot his name, I think he was called the Admiral, and that he was going to race against him. And so, uh, so they had him all lined up to, to, uh, uh, to show him to the owner of that horse to see if he was even worth his time. Well, he was worth his time, because they all realized that the black stallion was incredibly fast, and that... They were going to arrange this race. So Alex then has to break the news to his mom that he's actually going to race in this this title race, this match race in front of thousands and thousands of people. So his mom comes to him and says, you know what, there's no way I'm going to let you race that horse because you are too small. You could never stay on that horse. What if you fell off and died? I could never, I lost your father. I'm not going to lose you. But then Alex looks at her and he says, mom, the black, he saved my life. He was out there, I was drowning, and yet he came and I grabbed a hold of him and he saved my life. And so his mother looked at him and he says, He said, Mom, I've got a ride. And she says, Well, I know. So, they take the train, they go to the, 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 uh, the, the special race. He's racing against two professional jockeys and he's wearing this hat so that nobody could ever see. They call him the mystery rider because nobody really knows he's a child. And so he's there, he's weighing in and they have to put a ton of extra weight upon him so that he would meet the requirements to be able to race his horse. So of course the tension is growing as there Alex takes his horse out there out onto the, into the field. He gets ready to get put into the, uh, the, the stocks to, in order to be able to race out of, the, out of the starting gate. And one of the other horses in this black stallion get into a fight and, and one of those horses kicks and gouges the black stallion's fore uh, hoof. And just before they get ready to race, Alex looks down and sees the blood running down. And so when the bell goes off, Alex says, "No, no, no! I don't want him to run. He can't run." And so the other horses have had at least a hundred yards, maybe more, of a, of a head start on him. And so the black stallion is starting way behind and is very erratic, but he's. He's, he's already out of control, and Alec can't hold him back anymore, and so he realizes they're just going to have to run. And so Alex lets him go, and now we're in the, the most important part of the movie, and you see the black stallion going. He's way behind, but he starts to be able to catch up. He's making up the ground. He's that fast. Not only does he make up the ground, but he passes them, in that last link of the, uh, of the race course, and everybody's just going insane, and he beats two of the fastest horses in the world in front of everyone, and of course they win. And so, uh, of course, Alex is elated, his mom is elated, Mickey Rooney's elated, everybody's elated to see this mystery horse. And of course, for us, watching the movie, we know exactly how much this means. We know that that, that the relationship between Alex and the Black Stallion is such an emotional, powerful one, and for him to be able to do what he did is just astounding. So what is... You know in the so he he takes the horse back and and uh and he realizes you know that that he was meant to be wild, and that that was a wonderful experience and he did the unthinkable and being able to race and survive and do all that they did, but Alex takes him back to the farm and he lets him loose out there in the field so that he can enjoy just just being out there, just being uh wild and free and so the movie ends there now. What do we learn from a movie like this? Again, I call it eye candy. You've gotta see it if you've never seen it before, just for the cinematic experience. There's not a lot of dialogue in the first whole half of the movie because of just Alex there out on the island. So here's the theme. You know, in the scripture, it tells us, why so downcast, O my soul? It says, put your hope in God. And that you can find that in Psalm 42. And then you can find it again in Psalm 43 twice in Psalm 42 alone. And this is David as he's speaking regarding his life. You know, sometimes in our life, things happen that are unexpected. And matter of fact, they're almost tragic. When you think of what poor Alex had to endure, he lost his daddy and he was very, very close to his dad. And there he was on the island all by himself, not knowing. You know, he almost dies as a result of a cobra strike. You know, any other human being, especially a small child, would not have lasted a week even just a few days in that kind of situation. But you know what? That is exactly what, we're, what, what we can look at. This is, this is the concept of, of what we as Christians can look to, and that is you never know where hope comes from. You never know where God can come through and do something miraculous for you and me. Again, you might be an individual that have experienced some kind of tragedy in your past. Perhaps you're even going through something right now that is overwhelming. Well, you know what? It is so easy for us to become depressed. It's so easy for our soul to be downcast, whether it be because of sickness, whether because of loss, or whether because of fear, whether because of financial struggle. It doesn't matter. A broken relationship. When we get into these kind of situations, our soul can become downcast. You know, David in Psalm 42, he is writing this because he feels abandoned by God. He feels that God has turned his back on him, whatever the case may be, and we know that was David's heritage. It all began with him feeling alone out there tending the sheep all by himself. He felt that when he was forced away from his childhood home to have to play the the, the liar for for an insane king. He felt that when his best friend, Jonathan, was, was stolen from him because of King Saul wanting to murder him. David felt that when he had to run for his life for years and years, knowing that he had been anointed king of, kings of, of, of all the nation of Israel and, and that he had the rightful place anointed by this prophet Samuel. And yet he was still on the run. Yet he was lonely and yet feeling like God had abandoned him. What did David do? Well, Psalm 42 verse 11 is exactly what David did. He said, why my soul? Are you so downcast? He's speaking to himself. You know, sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to take an inventory of what it is that we do have. And has God ever helped me in the past? Of course he has. Sometimes we have to remember that God has been good to us before and he can be good again. You know, fear blocks creativity. Fear and depression blinds us to what is right in front of us. Sometimes the answer, the solution is right there. In the case of Alex, of course, he's out there. God had provided this wonderful, beautiful stallion to not only rescue him from, the, from drowning, but to be a, an emotional support and someone he could pour into. You know, what we find in Alex's situation is that hope grew out of something that is so important for all of us. And what is, what is that? That is to be needed. It is to have a purpose. A lot of times, folks, we get hopeless because we forget who we are. We forget what God has done and we forget what God wants to do in our life and what is around us. How can we be a source of hope for someone else? To dig ourselves out of it, to ask God and to speak to ourselves: why are you so downcast? Put your hope in God. And what does David go on to say? For I will yet praise him, my Savior, and my God. That is faith and hope. See, sometimes hope, we expect hope to just be the answer. But sometimes hope is is, is out there and we believe that it's coming. We know that God has been good. God will be good again. And so sometimes we have to be patient. But we need to open our eyes. Sometimes just opening the door to the concept of hope begins to take away the blindness that fear brings, the blindness, that discouragement brings. And we begin to see that a solution is right there. If we'll just reach for it. You know, Alex had to take the step. He could have seen that this wild beast would never be a part of his life. But what he did is he reached out and he he fed the horse. He did not see the horse as being something that would kill him. He saw the horse as 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 a solution to his problem. For Christians... We see it as God's way of reaching for us, but it takes energy on our part. It takes faith for us to reach for that. And that's exactly what we have to do. So hope, the Bible tells us that hope springs eternal. Hope is something that is awaiting every single Christian, not only in the grand scheme of things in that hope is what is waiting on the other side of death for us. But hope, my friends, is something that is available to us right now right where you are, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever circumstances you find yourself in. I don't know what they are, but I know what I've experienced myself and I know what others have gone through. I know then what they call the dark night of the soul. That's a time when, when your circumstances begin to close in on you. you. You begin to think about what you did wrong. You begin to think about what you don't have or how you begin to question, how is this gonna happen? How is God gonna deliver me? Well, I understand that. I completely understand how it is that God can make that all work. And I know that as you open your heart to God, as you trust in him, as you put your hope in him, he most certainly will begin to come through. Now, don't just sit there and wait. Don't just, you know, and even though sometimes waiting is exactly what we need to do, but we need to open our eyes to begin to see, is there a solution right there? Is there someone that I can call? Is there someone else I can encourage? Is there someone who is struggling more than I am? You know what? That's what opens the door. And it's amazing that once we get that ball of hope rolling, that solutions begin to come. Or at least that hope begins to flood in. And at least we begin to to, to dig ourselves out of that pit, out of that sense of darkness and loneliness, okay? So I want to tell you right now, God is alive, isn't he? Jesus is alive. And by the Holy Spirit, he indwells us. We forget that, don't we? We forget that God, our senior partner, God, our helper and paraclete is right there, right there, even if we feel abandoned on, a, on, a, on an island in the middle of nowhere and that we don't know how we're going to feed ourselves and we don't know how we're going to be rescued. You know what? Alex Hart was hopeful. A ship came, rescued him. There he was back in his home. And God can do that for us too. We don't know where that ship will come from. We don't know how it will happen. You don't need to worry about that. You just need to trust God to put your hope in him. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise you, my Lord and my Savior. So I want to take a moment to pray for you. And I thank you for joining me today and enjoying uh, a synopsis of this movie. Again, if you've never seen it, please check it out. And again, thank you for, for, for fellowshipping, with, connecting with us here at Valley Community Church in, in, in our services. And again, I just want to remind you, you can come. We'd love to have you. And continue. If you would like to hear more about what we teach and preach and what we've done in the past with some of our series, it's all there at valleychurch.us where you can find our archives. And if you'd like to support us, you can go right there to our website. There's a giving tab. You can go ahead and give and just really help us continue to do what we do. And let me remind you about Forward. For those of us, uh, or, or those of you rather, who know about what it is that God has placed on our heart to do, you know, we're a growing church and we've got a building that can seat about 300 people, but we get over 600, 700 people that call called Valley Community Church their church home. We are growing and we need some new space for services and we're continuing to grow. You can help us by supporting us at Valley uh, our valleyforward.net page to find out more information about what, what it is that we're doing. Again, thank you so much for helping us do what we do for the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to minister to these dear ones today. Lord, those who are watching this video, God, I just pray right now in the name of the Lord that, God, you would bring hope. That let that hope spring eternal. Let it spring up like a, 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 a mighty artesian well, Lord, that is ongoing, is flowing, and is fresh. Lord, to fill every heart that is listening to this right now with hope. Lord, we can put our hope in you because you're trustworthy. We can put our hope in you because you've done it before. We can put our hope in you because that is your promise. Lord, you are the God of all hope, God, the, the God of all deliverance, the God of all solutions. Lord, the, the, the untier of knots, the fixer of conundrums, you are the mighty God who can do it all. And we thank you for that. We love you, we love serving you, Your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen, folks. Again, thanks for joining us. God bless you, and we'll see you again next week.